just tell us who you're drafting in the league? I wish I knew. I'm trying to figure out. At 25, it's a little bit harder than uh, five and seven to, to come up with names. Yo, what, what position group, when you look at this draft, what position group do you feel is maybe the deepest? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, there's depth at different parts throughout the draft at all positions. So, I mean, it's hard to pinpoint one. Um, again, based on where you're picking, like if you're at a certain part of the draft, there may be a run on four or five players of that draft. So the depth's, um, you know, the top of the posi- top of the draft at a certain position, then it's it's gone, and now there's no longer depth at the at that position. So. Um, I think there's position of value across all positions, um, you know, throughout the, pa- the draft, just depending on, on, on where you're picking. But I'm not going to identify one being stronger than the other, just where the value matches up with where you have them on the board. Do you feel about the idea that this isn't an especially strong draft in the first round and that teams don't have an exorbitant number of first-rounders maybe compared to the past? Yeah, again, I don't know where everybody else has people on their board. I know that, you know, we're going through the process now of – uh, who may or may not be there, and you know we're we're pretty confident there will be a player there that that, that we like. Do you have 25 first round grades? I'm not going to get into how many first round grades um, that we have. Um, we have guys in the first round that we like, and we're pretty confident that there will be somebody there uh, when we pick a 25 that we'll be happy with. Joe, can you look at um, the COVID kids who who are in an extra year of eligibility? Does that help or hurt this draft, considering some of those guys are now older prospects? Yeah, there are more players, you know, that when we're going through it that are 24, 25 years old that you, you don't usually see that. Um, you see it sometimes at certain schools, but um, there are more of those players. But we look at, you know, each individual case-by-case uh, case basis. If, you know, if there's an injury history or they're a smaller school or whatever it may be on the player, and then, you know, does that affect their age, their position? Um, so we look on them on an individual basis. Rarely does that come into a, to play and you know, deter us from drafting somebody. So where do you guys stand with, with Saquon? Like, are you guys still negotiating all with him not here at the moment? No, nothing's changed since we talked, uh, whatever that was, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. So no action. Nothing's changed since we talked at the owners' meetings. How about with Dexter? Um, yeah, I've, I talked to Dexter's representatives this week. We're in you know, dialogue's good there. So, yeah, I've, I've talked to him. Uh, again, it's hard this time of year. We're, we're deep into the draft and the draft prep. So, um, but, yeah, we've had good conversations with Dexter's representatives, and, you know, we'll, we'll see where that stands here moving forward. With Saquon, would, do you have, a, you know, a, a next contract offer in your head that you would, you know? I'm just going to get through the draft right now. Again, we're uh, – my, my, my focus right now is solely on that. So, um, you know, there's no rush right now. Um, I just want to get through the draft and then step back after that and, you know, see what the roster looks like and, you know, go from there. Knowing, knowing what you, I just wanted to follow on Dexter's second. Knowing, knowing that you've said on, on the record that you want to get something done and you're negotiating, is it disappointing at all that Dexter chose not to come here or are you just, are you fine with that, that you'd rather not be here than when, when you're going through this? What was the quote? It's April 17th. <laughs> I'm not going to give you that. But, no, I mean, it, it's voluntary. So, yeah, if Dexter chooses not to be here, that's that's his decision. Dexter knows how we feel about him, and he knows he's an important part of the organization. And, um, you know, there's a business side to it, too. But these, these you know, him showing up for the off-season program is, is voluntary. With the, you guys had obviously had discussions with Saquon previously, and, and there was numbers that kind of been widely reported. Free agency seems to have changed the running back market dramatically. 
does that then alter your approach and how much you may or may not be willing to devote to that position in terms of finances? No, again, I, I haven't really, um, you know, when we had the conversations with Saquon, it, it, was, it was known that we were going to get to a certain point and then we were going to move on and regroup at some other time. So it was before free agency started. So, no, that, that hasn't really affected anything that, that, we've, that we've talked about. It's obviously a one-year deal. Does that impact how you approach running back in this draft? No. Again, we're going to – there's players of all positions uh, that are in the mix at 25, and I'm not going to rule any position out. Joe, you have a pretty young team as it is. Can you add – realistically add 10 more at least rookies to your roster, or would you like to, I don't know, package some of those to move up so you have less than 10 picks? or? trade a pick for a veteran player rather than have 10 more young guys on an, on an already young roster? Yeah, that's a good question. And you know, we'll see how the draft plays out. I mean, right now we have 10. So as we're going through it, if there's somebody we want to move up for, you know, we, we have some extra draft capital to do that. Um, if we want to move back and, and collect some, we can do that too. Um, you know, again, there's you got to look at the, the roster, not just today, but 2024, 2025. You know, it is a, who's coming up? You know, again, financially, there's some players that are making pretty good chunk of money on our team, and some contracts on the horizon potentially. So, um, yeah, those young, cost-controlled players for four years that can be contributors. You know, whether it's a role on offense or defense, uh, four core special teams guys. So, you know, I think it's important to continue to build depth and competition, and that's what we'll try to do with those picks. Does that also include uh, trading for like a, a pick for a veteran guy, like you did with Waller? Is that something you're still open to? Yeah, we'll yeah we'll always pursue any type of opportunity to better the roster, whether it's trade, draft, late round, college free agency, whatever it is, definitely. Joe, how um, um, important is it when you look at the roster and the guys you might draft? When, and you look at roster uh, duplication, where you say, well, you know, for example, we have a, a smaller slot receiver, we don't need to get another one. We have, you know, this kind of a slot cornerback, we don't need to get another one. You know, or do you just say, no, no, we're gonna just get the guys in and we'll figure it out. There's a little bit of that on offense. You know, I think Dave's that's that's one of his uh, strengths, him and Mike Kafka taking, you know, the pieces that you have and then trying to accentuate what they do best. But we've had really good dialogue with the coaches this week. We're still doing it. We did it all morning. Um, certain players and just going through what their role and utilization will be on the roster, first down, second down, third, you know, what's their fourth down value. So um, if there's any discrepancies or, you know, question from our part on what their role will be, we try to clear the air now on that. So, you know, come draft day, we've had all these conversations. And if they're, again, they're at a certain value, how they'll be utilized. So, you know, they come in different size, shapes, speeds. Um, but we're going through all those conversations right now. Is that easier? As far as like, I mean, obviously you're not, you know, thirsty to get a left tackle. You know what I mean? That would assume. But, you know, as far as like receivers and things like that, there's a big group of them. Um, do you look at all shapes and sizes and say, you know, because you have a head coach who is known to be able to, move those guys in and out. So is that somewhere where you say, look, we'll just bring them all in and he'll figure it out? Yes. And then, I mean, the offense has a very defined plan on how they're going to utilize, you know, certain positions and um, it makes it easy to go scout players for them. So, yeah, I mean, we, again, we're going through all those players that you're talking about, regardless of position, um, regardless what they look like physically and trying to figure out what their fit would be with the team and what their role would be. Knowing that you had the coaches going out and actually getting the pro days, whereas last year, you know, Brian was still getting the staff together and maybe they weren't able to get out as much. 
Yeah, coaches, coaches did a tremendous job. Uh, they were, they're, they're a big help. They're a big part of the process. Um, I think it's important to, you know, consensus build throughout the building. And, you know, again, when you draft a player, if the coaches don't want him, the, you know, chances of success a lot of times are slim. So, um, you know, we like to do our due diligence on all the prospects. And the more you can be around them, um, I think, you know, it puts you at ease when you turn in the card for those, those prospects that you've been around them a lot and you know exactly what you're getting with your investment. Your staff. I mean, again, you were just coming in. You were just getting everything together. You were making changes. How much com more comfortable are you with the changes that you've made, and are they that much different than what you did last year? Yeah, no, it's great. You know, more time on task, uh, going through more situations with these, um, some of the, you know, the personnel, you know, whether it's Brandon Brown, Tim McDonald, Dennis Hickey, Chris Rossetti, our pro director, came in from, from Miami. So going through kind of a, a cycle, a personnel cycle, whether it was draft, free agency, whatever it may be, um, you kind of get to know uh, strengths and weaknesses of, of your scouts. So, yeah, again, after going through it for a year, we're definitely, I definitely feel um, more comfortable this year going into it than, you know, a year ago. So, uh, going back to Buffalo for a second, in 2020 when you drafted Gabe Davis, what traits did you prioritize and how did you project a fourth-round receiver to be a starter in the league? Yeah, I mean, with, with Gabe, uh, it started with his makeup. Like he was off the charts as a, as a, um, just the learns, the ability to move him around, his work ethic. You know, he checked all those boxes, and he's a very productive, you know, receiver at, um, at Central Florida. So, again, that was the COVID draft. I remember where I, I was. It's odd that I was in my basement when that happened. Um, but yeah, again, it's it's not always what you can see on film, and I think that's why we go and spend so much time with these kids is try to figure out what the makeup because. When you get to this level, everybody's good. What's gonna What's gonna give you the competitive advantage? You know, what's a you know why is a fourth or fifth round player gonna make it? Um, is it their work ethic? Is their tireless pursuit of you know being great? Whatever it may be, you try to identify those traits through this process. Whether it's bringing them in on thirty visits, going and seeing them. Um, you know, we talked to a bunch of coaches this week around the country, um, with our head coaches, position coaches, coordinators, and just get as much information as you can on, you know, why is this kid going to be successful? And, you know, Gabe, Gabe was one of those players. Building off, that, you know, building off that for a second, you spent a lot of time with the top wide receivers in this draft, your interactions with them, going to dinner with a whole bunch of them. I did. You did. <laughs> you, you didn't? <laughs> you said uh, So I'm, I'm curious, what have you learned about the top of this wide receiver class throughout this process? In, in those interactions? What have I learned? How am I supposed to answer that, Jordan? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good group of receivers at the top uh, of the draft, depending, um, you know, how you have them ranked. You know, everybody's got different strengths and weaknesses. And again, I think there's a lot of talented players in the draft. And it goes back to what I was just saying with, with Pat's question is, you know, identify what's going to separate those guys from the path and, and, and what makes them great. Again, there's every year, I think there's 20 plus receivers that are drafted. Um, how many truly go on to have, you know, success? And, you know, that's, that's what we're trying to figure out. How do you determine you, who you bring in for 30 visits and what's the value of those to you? Yeah, it's uh, some of it's elimination. Maybe, hey, we need to confirm what we, you know, there's some uneasiness with a player. Maybe we need to confirm they're not a fit or, um, you know, 
how will they pick up our system? Our offense is very complicated. Or sometimes it can be medical if they're non-combine to get the medical. So uh, there's varying reasons for why we bring players in. But again, it's a, it's a great opportunity not just to get them around myself and Dayball and the coaches, but uh, the rest of our support staff, whether it's training staff, strength staff, nutrition, um, you know, whatever it may be, it's just good to be around these players as much as you can. John, you've obviously talked a lot about the alignment the, for a full year with the coaches and scouts and the vision. <laughs> How different is your board this year because of that alignment than maybe a year ago where you didn't have that 100% alignment? Do you think about that and how much does that shape where you guys are going forward? Yeah, and I wouldn't say that we weren't aligned a year ago. It was just trying to you know, get a, you know, a, a grasp on how the players were going to be utilized in, in Wink's system. Um, so I wouldn't say we weren't aligned. We ended up, you know, there's consensus building, but there's definitely after going through a full season and a training camp and, you know, seeing it applied, how he's going to utilize players, there's a better comfort level, not just myself, but even Dave's. Dave's had never worked with Wink either. Um, as we're going through it, how he's going to utilize players, um, first down, second down, third down. So, yeah, there's definitely a better, better comfort level this year. Uh, but I wouldn't say we weren't necessarily aligned last year. Yeah, I, I didn't mean that necessarily. I just meant you, you've talked about Wink and just knowing what Wink wants and yep. how that changes maybe the way you scout players. You know, yeah. You'll go and you'll see. Absolutely. So, so for you as a, as a scout at heart, you know, how does that change what you're looking for? I mean, you may look at a certain guy because you know he's a fit for what you want rather than what you may think overall. Right? Yeah, and we've had to retrain a little bit how we – how we look at different positions or, you know, the value we put on them uh, based off Wink's system. And I think that's what's most important is what's, you know, what's the value for the Giants and how do we see them and how we're going to be, how they're going to be utilized, um, which we're still having those conversations. So, yeah, we definitely had to retrain how, how we think about some things at different positions and what the value of, you know, those traits are that we covet and, and where those align in the draft. But uh, definitely feel better going into it this year in terms of what exactly he, he's looking for. Joe, during this process, have you – Spoken directly with Saquon so that he uh, he knows. Nothing's changed since we talked at the owners' meetings. I mean, we we I haven't I haven't. There's nothing new. I haven't talked to him. Joe, when you drafted the back of the draft, uh, the way the way you are this time, how do you define what is a successful draft pick? And when you know, for anybody, years going five years from now, when you look at a player, how would you define success? Yeah, we, we like to look at the play time over three years. You know, usually it's over three years what their what their play time is, uh, the contribution. Um, you know, whether they develop into a starter. You know, that's obviously a hit. If they turn into a good starter, that's 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 good. That's what you try, uh, strive for. But there's also role players. There, there's really good special teams players. Um, you know, that that you value. So again, it's their role. It's their fit on the team. Their contribution over that that four year period. But usually after three years, you know. Um, if they're a contributor or not, and there's going to be different types of contributions. Joe, quick follow-up to Art's question. You mentioned kind of changing the way you view positions. What positions for you personally, I guess, have you changed your outlook the most on kind of the way you evaluate? Yeah, it's the front seven. It's just a different defense than I've been in, so it's, it's really the front seven. So is there danger to that? I mean, you know, you're, you're building the team for the next three, four, five, six, seven years. Winks may not be here. You know, you, you almost went this offseason? Is, mm -hmm. is there a danger to drafting for a coach? Yeah, yeah it's actually something that Coach Pars Parcells told me a long time ago. He's like, coaches come and go. You need to draft good football players. So, yeah, you don't want to get too pigeonholed into scheme specific because then you're right. Like if Wink gets a head job a year from now and you bring somebody else in that runs a totally different defense, 
you have a scheme-specific player. So, you know, part of our job is to balance that. Like, is this guy, again, at value, like he's only going to fit this one scheme. And, yeah, and Wing's got a really good chance to get ahead of coaching job. If he moves on and we change things up, um, you know, then, yeah, you, you, know, you definitely have to balance that and be aware of that. Joe, you obviously have your starting quarterback locked up, but are you somebody who'd like to have a young developmental quarterback on the team? And also, I say that because there seems to be a thought around the league that like Brock Purdy has changed, maybe re-emphasized the idea that teams should just you pick a day three quarterback and see what happens uh, going forward. Yeah, I would just say right now we're we're happy with Tyrod. Tyrod is a backup, so I think we're we're in good good shape right there. You have a third. I mean, you don't have a third quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we had Davis Webb last year, so we'll, we'll continue to look whether it's a veteran free agent or um, you know somebody in the draft or post draft, whoever it may be. But yeah, we'll have we'll have three quarterbacks in camp. How do you view the uh, interior O line? Like, are you comfortable with where that is right now? Yeah, yeah, I think we have 14 offensive linemen under contract right now. So yeah, just no different than in the owners' meetings. What I told you guys. Joe, what, um, are you? Do you remain optimistic that Saquon will be on the field for you at the start of this season? From the outside looking in, it doesn't seem like there's an obvious resolution based on where the two sides have been so far. Yeah, you have to ask him. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't know what his plan is. I, I haven't. I haven't talked to him in probably three weeks. Do you think he still wants to be on this team? I haven't talked to him. Joe, from your experience before you got here, obviously we talked to you a lot about Buffalo, but you, you know, you were on the road a lot there scouting mm-hmm. prospects. And I know when you go to pro days and campus visits and stuff, you're not just looking at guys who are in that current draft. I'm curious now in this process, are there guys, you know, do you go back to your notes from two years ago where guys may have stood out to you when you were on campus, someone may have said something to you, and has that factored into your evaluation of guys that are now available to be drafted? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, – I actually went through some of my books. There's some guys that are in this draft that I know I wrote in Buffalo. Um, I meant to call Brandon and get some of those, but I can't, I can't find them. Uh, so, yeah, there's definitely – you know, I was on the road a lot more. Um, you know, probably see 50 schools a year when I was in Buffalo. So when players do go back to school, you know, that are now in this draft, um, it is helpful because you have a previous exposure to the player if I wasn't able to get him out, get out and see him this, this year. So um, there were some definitely – Definite benefits to the amount of work that, that I was able to do in Buffalo. It's still paying off. Joe, on, uh, on Dexter, when a position's market keeps resetting in an offseason, how do you balance as a GM uh, you know, between not letting that dictate what you pay, but also trying to properly pay the player? Yeah, and I think that's we, – we have a formula that we have in place in terms of coming up with value with, you know, of players uh, based on various factors. So – um, you know, we stay true to that. You know, we're coming up with value, whether it's free agency, contract extensions, um, whatever it may be. We have a formula that we like to stick to. The new deal enter that equation. And maybe yeah, yeah, same deal. Like anytime you're you're paying a player, whether it's outside the building or inside the building, you know, we come up with a value, what we think is fair, and um, you know, you create a case on why you see the value where it is. And you know, again, it takes two to get a deal done. Is B. John Robinson the, by far the best back in, in this uh, class? And how do you feel about running backs in the first round? It's always become a big issue, obviously. Yeah, I think there's several good good backs in the uh, in the draft. And again, I'm if if it's a if it's a good player and you know a team decides to take them and they have success for their system, then then I, I don't think you can go wrong with taking a good football players. So um, 
you know, again, to I don't want to pigeonhole myself into saying I would never take a certain position in the, in the first round. Um, so yeah, it's it's a good it's a good running back class. It's it's got some depth to it, and and uh, Bijan's a good player. Joe, when you're constructing your roster, how much of your decision making is impacted not just by your own system, but combating what uh, division rivals or contenders do well? Yeah, I think you always have to look at that because that's the ultimate goal is to win the division. So when you're building your team, um, you obviously want to get the coaches, you know, what they want in order to run their schemes and ex execute their schemes at a high level. But uh, you, you also have to look at the division. If there's, you know, I reflect on when I was in Miami and they had, um, you know, Gronk all those years. You know, you're looking for some sort of linebacker that could match up and cover Gronk, and it was just impossible to find somebody that could do that. So um, if there are players or, you know, schemes or whatever it may be throughout the division, you're always looking at that and studying it and seeing how you can maybe counter one of their strengths. One of your traits is that you're able to separate emotion from team building, or when you have a player who has uh, been a good giant, but maybe financially or when team building and resources doesn't really make sense to build. I mean, are, do you find you're, you're good at separating those two things? And if so, where'd you kind of learn that trait? Yeah, no, not really. No, it's, it's tough. Again, these guys, they're round, they work hard. You, you know, we had, had a heck of a season last year and you become close with them and it's, it's hard, but there is, you do have, you have to separate it. I'm not going to say I'm good at it because there's a human element on both sides for them and, and myself, but there, there, there is a business side to it. And yeah, again, in a perfect world, there's no ca salary cap and you can make everybody happy and pay everybody. But, um, you know, I'm, that's something I haven't been through before, you know, last year, you know, we, we didn't really, you know, we didn't extend anybody from our roster. It was signing some people from outside the building. So after going through a, a season with the players and then, you know, this next step of the process, whether it's extending or players leaving the organization, yeah, the human element, I mean, that, that part stinks because you, you, you do like all these guys and, you know, they put in a lot of work for you and, you know, again, starting this time last year. So it's it's tough to, to separate the, the business and the, the human element. Just the way Dave's and I, you know, are around the building and getting to know the players, you know, maybe we do that more than most. Um, but you do become attached, I mean, for sure. Traded back a few times last year. We haven't seen you trade up. Just curious, like, what your philosophy on that is? I mean, do you have? Would you be hesitant to dip into the next year's draft class to, you know, a pick from a future? Uh, yeah, Dan, draft? I'd be open to, to any of that. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm never going to rule it out if it's the right player and, and the value aligns. You know, I'd, I'd move up if it was a, you know, future pick. I, I would do that too. You know, last year, just where we were financially, we needed as many depth pieces as we can. So moving back. Um, a couple times last year just made sense. It got us, you know, some more bodies that, you know, ended up contributing for us. So um, that was a little bit of the thought process that went into that. Now, the concept of a big play receiver change in the sense that when I was younger, it was a big guy who could run fast and catch a 40-yard pass. Is it now somebody who can catch a 15-yard pass and make it a 40-yard pass? That can be part of it. Yeah, I think both of your you know, comments are correct. Like if you, if you got a guy that can take the top off and you throw the ball down the field and he goes up and gets it like a Randy Moss, then you'd love to have that. Or if it's, a, you know, I was with Steve Smith in Carolina, you throw him a slant and he can take it 80. So anytime you can generate yards uh, after catch, I mean, I think that helps you. You know, you don't have to do the 15, 16 play drives. You know, maybe now it's six because the guy had a you know, 50 yarder in there. So um, I think all those things are important when you're looking at the receiver. The center position in this draft. I mean, you don't have anyone on your roster that has extensive experience as a, as a starter. Mm -hmm. uh, how important is it for you to add to that position in the draft, whether whatever part portion of the draft? And what do you think of that group in particular? Yeah, I think there's some yeah there's some depth in the draft, but I, I don't think we have to. Again, we have these meetings as soon as the Eagles game was over that week. We had meetings and we went into the off season. 
um, if we can't get Nick back, if we can't get Feliciano back, what does it look like? And, um, you know, talking with the coaching staff and the personnel staff, there's, there's people in-house that I think are viable candidates for that. You know, Ben Bredesen, Jack, Shane Lemieux, uh, JC, we just signed a week ago. So um, there's guys there that have, have, have played center, they've played games, and, um, you know, it'd be good competition.